everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Anime Nostalgia Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dawn, and yes, this month is another short review episode. For those of you who might be newer to the podcast, a review episode is just my extremely fancy name for a podcast episode that I record myself where I go back and revisit an older anime title I haven't seen in years, take some notes on what I might remember about it, and then go rewatch it to see if I still feel the same way about it as I did back in the day since, you know, as we get older sometimes our tastes change or we pick up on things we didn't notice before and all that stuff. Simple, right? Anyway, I usually run my podcast in a schedule where I'll do two longer episodes with a guest where we go in-depth on something and then one of these short review episodes to give myself a little bit of a break. So if this kind of episode isn't your favorite type, don't worry. This isn't how every episode of the podcast goes. The next episode will be another longer one with a special guest, so please look forward to it. And now that that's out of the way, let's get on with the episode. While I've been reorganizing my DVD and Blu-ray collection after a recent move, it's been kind of fun to go through all of the stuff that I still haven't gotten around to watching for the podcast yet. And let me tell you, it feels like there is a metric ton of them, even after doing this podcast for almost 10 years now. Some I even forgot I ever picked up with the intention of giving them a rewatch eventually. One of those titles jumped out at me, maybe because since it started with an A, it was at the beginning of the alphabet when I started organizing things. So it was one of the first things I actually put on my shelf. And that's 1986's Fantasy OVA Amon Saga. I remember that back in the day when I found out that there was an anime that Yoshitaka Amano worked on that I hadn't seen, I was very excited about it. As many other folks my age, I'm a huge fan of his art and of course loved Vampire Hunter D. So discovering that he had done a fantasy manga that got a movie-length OVA similar to Vampire Hunter D felt like hitting the jackpot. I didn't need to hear anything about its plot, cast, or staff. I was already sold on seeing it on that alone. Luckily, the way I found out about it was through a friend who was gracious enough to give me a copy of their copy on VHS. Back in the day, this was pretty common practice as we didn't have as robust of an anime industry in the US yet, so only a tiny fraction of the anime coming out of Japan would ever get released here officially. So at that point, poor Amon Saga was still regulated to one of those mysterious Japan-only releases, and the only way you were going to ever see it is if you managed to see someone else's copy getting shown at an anime club or a convention, you got a copy from someone else, or you were able to special order it somehow from Japan and pay out the nose for it. In fact, the copy of Amon Saga I was able to get from said friend was Japanese only, with no subtitles whatsoever. This was 
fairly common for things that hadn't gotten a release in the U.S. as the concept of fan subbing was still fairly new, and only titles that lots of fans were interested in would get that treatment since it was an expensive and tedious process to do with VHS technology. Thankfully, my friend had gotten a copy of a summary of the movie from whoever they got it from, which was a photocopy of a few typed pages that gave the viewer a rundown on what was happening in the movie so you would get the basic gist of it. Amazing what us old anime fans had to live through to watch anime before the internet, huh kids? <laughs> but I fully admit that, even with a summary of what was going on, there were plenty of times I felt like I wasn't getting the whole story. I remember thinking it was pretty cool, but that was also during the era where I was basically consuming any anime I could get my hands on, and sometimes I'd have to convince myself that the anime I got that was kind of mediocre was actually pretty good because it was all I had, and often very troublesome to get. So. When I spotted a copy of Amansaga's official DVD release in a bargain bin a few years back, I knew that it was the perfect candidate for a review episode, since I never did get around to seeing the official fully translated version when it came out in America in the early 2000s. So let's see how Amansaga holds up in this month's rewatch. spreads a thousand wings to slay a thousand devils and a thousand demons. He knows no treasure. He knows no fame. In search of his destiny, he travels on and on. wondered about before my rewatch was why the title of the story is Amun Saga. Saga usually insinuates a long, sometimes ongoing story. Amun Saga is less than 80 minutes, which I'm not sure would constitute as a saga unless it was part of one of a longer series. Part of me wonders if the original story it's based on was planned to be longer, but it just wasn't popular enough to continue? I tried to see if I could find anything about that, but sadly came up empty-handed. It could just be that, as is common with many Japanese manga and anime titles, somebody just thought the word saga sounded cool and decided that it would be great to use for part of the name. I guess either wouldn't surprise me that much, but it will sadly remain a mystery for now. But Getting back on track, one of the first things you might notice when watching Amon Saga is that the look of it is very reminiscent of the original 80s Vampire Hunter D film, at least on a surface kind of level. And that's no surprise, of course, considering that the manga it's based off of is by Yoshitaka Amano, as I mentioned before. But it's worth noting that this OVA came out a year after the original Vampire Hunter D, with character concepts by the same character designer, and is around the same length. While it's not animated by the same studio or any of the same staff, 
it's hard not to have a similar kind of style when such a unique key artist is involved. But as this OVA went on, I was surprised to see that there were a few more comedic elements than I remembered. In a nutshell, the story of Amun Saga revolves around the strong and silent warrior, Amun, who is on a quest to avenge the death of his mother at the hands of an evil emperor named Valhus. Along the way, he gathers adversaries to help him, and ends up also becoming entangled in a plot to rescue a princess who has been kidnapped by Valhus as well. It's nothing groundbreaking, but what it does, it does fairly well. It has that flavor of 70s and 80s pulp fantasy, the kind of thing that you'd read or watch to get inspiration for your next campaign in D&D with your friends in high school. It has all the things you'd expect from a vintage fantasy. Tavern brawls, rogue spies, magical maps, enchanted castles, monsters, wizards, and plot holes that seem important but are never really tied up in the end. Is a lot of it extremely predictable? Sure. Is that always a bad thing? Mm, no, especially if you're looking for something that feels a little bit comfy and familiar. But don't assume that because it's a bit by the numbers that it's all fluff. Because this is an OVA, of course we have a lot of fantasy violence and gore in this one. And honestly, a lot of it was animated a lot better than I remembered. While it's not going to give you the level of animation you'd get in a huge big-budget film, the grittiness and sometimes even jankiness can be part of its charm. And even though, on a whole, it can be a little rough around the edges, it makes up for things like that with very fun and expressive character animation. Yoshitaka Amano was well known as an animator on fun, goofy 70s shows like Time Bokan and Yatterman, so it feels fitting that there's more than one goofy oaf type of guy in this film who will always say something witty or just give a little comedic moment of relief. Sadly though, since Amon Saga is very standard fantasy for the most part, it does have a few of those pitfalls we've become so familiar with, especially for something its age. For starters, the characters are all pretty two-dimensional. While it's understandable we're not going to learn a whole lot about all these characters in under 80 minutes, we don't learn much about any of these characters other than things like Amon's motivations or just a hint of Princess Licia's background, for example. I'd say this might be because it's based on a manga and they didn't have time to adapt everything from the story, but from what I've found, the original manga is only a single volume. So even as an adaptation, I guess it's only as good as its original story, which might be a bit lacking. And speaking of Princess Lichia, viewers might be a little disappointed that she mostly falls into the cliche of being the damsel in distress for pretty much the entire story. There's a few times where she does show that she's absolutely clever enough to be part of Amon's little entourage, but we also have the typical fantasy scene of beautiful princess bathes in a lake, gets attacked by a monster, and has to be rescued by the hero, and similar scenarios we've seen plenty of times before in fantasy narratives. 
It's nothing terrible, of course, but it does feel a bit boring to me, as it was a pretty old plot device even when this OVA was considered new. The pacing for this OVA is also a little bit all over the place. There are times when it feels like all we're doing is rushing from one scenario to the next, but then there are also times when it feels like it's taking forever for the story to get moving properly again. I'd almost say it's not worth rewatching for just that alone, but once we get to the sort of final battle part at the end, well, that made up for it a bit for me. Because the last third of the film has some of the best animation of the story in it, and if you dig over-the-top fantasy violence of stuff like Vampire Hunter D, well, you'll probably enjoy this. Magical battles with wizards, fighting snakes, and a guy who loses all the skin off his face are some of the incredible sights you have to look forward to near the end. You also get to meet a character that, at first glance, I thought for sure was supposed to be a cameo by Vampire Hunter D himself, but no, it's just a guy that really, really looks similar to him. Which, again, I guess chalk up to the fact that this is based on a Yoshitaka Amano work, but I was really hoping it'd be some kind of shared universe thing that connected Amano's work to Kikuchi's novels. Maybe it was meant to be an homage? It's hard to tell. Still, if you're familiar with Vampire Hunter D and you watch this, you'll recognize who I'm talking about the moment you see him. The resemblance is just a little too on the nose. The music in this film wasn't really anything super memorable for me, personally, but I did like the extremely city pop flavored ending theme Kaze no Take a Chance by Yori Sugimoto, which is definitely worth looking up and giving a listen to. Other than that, the music felt like your standard fantasy background music fare, which is pretty much exactly what you would expect for a low-key OVA like this one. Amon Saga was one of Manga Entertainment's early DVD releases, as it's labeled as being released in 2001. So don't pick up the DVD now and expect any miracles. The picture is just barely a step up from a VHS release, and the menus are a bit cheesy, though it is kind of fun. Manga did do a dub for this release, though I watched the Japanese version, so I couldn't tell you if it lives up to Manga's reputation of adding as many swear words as possible for maximum edginess. One of these days I'll have to give it a shot. It's a shame that the picture isn't so great, because I think if the picture could be cleaned up a little bit, it would help so much. One of the things that Amon Saga does well is its use of light and shadow to create a great sense of moodiness throughout the film. But since the picture isn't very great, sometimes the picture feels a little muddy, and I'm sure a lot of the finer details are probably lost. Despite this OVA's flaws, I wasn't really mad at it. While I can see why it's not something a lot of people would remember, it's a solid little fantasy romp that made me a bit nostalgic for the days when anime went full fantasy stories, rather than the current tread of plopping a modern-day kid into a fantasy RPG video game.
If you're looking for something to watch that will get you in that mood for a good D&D night with your friends, or you just want an easy pairing for a double feature with the original Vampire Hunter D, this fits the bill well for either. Like I said, it is a little rough around the edges, but if you're willing to give it a try, there's some fun to be had with it. As far as the staff goes, we have Shinji Oga as the director, who was also the director of The Adventure of Gamba and Otter movie, the later episodes of The Rose of Versailles, and the director of a sizable chunk of the Anpan Man movies and specials. The screenplay was written by Noburo Shiroyama, who also wrote scripts for Candy Candy, Hanunoko Lunlun, and the Godmars TV series. The character designers who adapted Yoshitaka Amano's original designs were Michi Himeno and Shingo Araki. Himeno is probably better known for her work as a character designer on Saint Seiya, The Rose of Versailles, and Hananoko Lunlun. Araki, meanwhile, is much better known for his work as a character designer on The Original Cutie Honey, Galaxy Express 3-9, and The Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Music for the series was composed by Shigeki Saegusa, and while he doesn't have a lot of anime work under his belt, he did work on a few notable anime titles, including Gundam Double Zeta, Shars Counterattack, and Sci-Fi Channel Saturday anime staple Eyes of Mars, aka Mother, Saigo no Shoujo Eve. The Japanese voice cast for this OVA is pretty solid. Playing Amun, we have Kenyu Horiuchi, who you might have heard before as Dolly in Bubblegum Crisis, Sanson in Nadia the Secret of Blue Water, and the narrator in the Japanese version of the Pokemon anime. Kyoshi Kobayashi plays the evil Emperor Valhus, but most people probably know him for his roles like Jigen in the Lupin III franchise, Crystal Bowie in the Space Adventure Cobra TV series, and Admiral Delaz in Gundam 0083 Stardust Memory, just to name a few. Yoshino Takamori plays the Princess Lichia, and you can also hear her in other things like Anisu in Sonic Soldier Borgman, Nadia in Nadia the Secret of Blue Water, and Sayaka in Yawara, a fashionable judo girl. Other notable seiyu include the late Ichiro Nagai as Mabo, who is much more famous for playing Karin in the original Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, Haposai in Ranma 1 half, and Dr. Sakizo Sato in Space Battleship Yamato. As well as the iconic Norio Wakamoto as Denon, who is much better known as Coach in Gunbuster, Cell in Dragon Ball Z, and Vicious in Cowboy Bebop, just to name a few. As for availability, as of this recording, Amon Saga is currently out of print, but pretty easy to find on the second-hand market on that Manga Entertainment DVD for anywhere between 5 and 15 bucks. As I said before, I'd love to see it get some kind of updated picture, if at all possible, 
but sadly, it doesn't look like it was ever released on anything higher than maybe Laserdisc in Japan from what I saw when I tried looking it up, which probably makes it less likely to get a higher resolution release, but hey, stranger things have happened, I suppose. So, when it comes down to it, would I recommend Amansaga? I think I would, but only to those who A, have a fondness for pulpy, vintage-style fantasy stories, or B, have exhausted all other fantasy anime titles and are looking for more that they haven't seen yet. If you're generally not into fantasy titles, then I'd skip it as it doesn't really bring anything new or exciting to the table that would appeal to fans outside of the fantasy genre, but if you're looking for a more impressively made fantasy anime title, I'd recommend Arion, Record of Lotus War, or The Weathering Continent. If you're looking for something a little less predictable that still has a fantasy flavor to it, I'd recommend both of the Vampire Hunter D films or the Five Star Stories. And that about wraps it up for this short review episode on Amonzaga. Many thanks to those who left me tips this month on Kofi, including Shaxpert, Mock Dent, Eric the Lemming, Annalie, Ducknuts, Martin W. Doodles, and several listeners who wished to remain anonymous. Thank you so much, everyone. If you want to get a shout-out on the next episode of the podcast to be just as cool as they are, all you have to do is go to my Kofi account and leave me a tip of two or more coffees. I'll have a link to that in the show notes, which you can see at animenostalgia.blogspot.com, as well as at animenostalgia.tumblr.com, where you can also find other relevant links for this episode, as well as links to past episodes. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. Just do a search for the Anime Nostalgia Podcast and you can usually find it. And while you're there, you could always show my podcast some love by leaving a rating or a review. I always love seeing what people have to say about the podcast. Or if you want to send your thoughts and comments directly, or you just want to say hi, you can always email me at animenostalgiapodcast at gmail.com. It might take me a little while to get back to you, but I promise that I do read all the email that I get. My amazing theme song music was done by Carobit. You can find out more about them and their amazing music at carobit.net. That's K-E-R-O-B-I-T dot net. As always, I've been your host, Dawn, and I will see you next time. Searching for